pop culture questions only one podcast knows. Nerds that know. Rated R. Was uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife? We've been waiting for you to review this movie because how can we discuss Ghostbusters without our resident Ghostbuster? Well, it's about to hit digital uh, platforms. I think actually it's about to come out on video here within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so, uh, I actually to- think it's available on um, Amazon now. Uh, but it's like 20 bucks a pop. It's worth it. Um, here's the warning. And I'm going to tell you outright, bring it to the shoe. Somehow, Eric got their grubby little mitts into this and made me cry. <laughs> and I mean, it was an ugly cry. I'm a man. I can admit it. It's an ugly cry. And just getting choked up now thinking about it. We went, so we hosted big release at Alamo Draft House for the Colorado Ghostbusters. The whole team was present. We had Ectos. We took pictures. You can go to Colorado Ghostbusters Facebook page and you can see them. We have new members. It was a great time. Everybody loved the film. Some of the members had already seen it four or five times at that point and were still ugly crying through most of it. It is... It is Reitman. Jason Reitman, it's in his wheelhouse. It pulls on all the heartstrings. It hits all the keynotes. This is, this is a good movie. This is a solid movie. It's a, it's a tearjerker. And I know there's a lot of hating. It's fine. You can hate it. You can nitpick it. But you know what? At the end, I walked out happy. I walked out. I, of looking for somewhere to blow my nose and Aaron was the closest person. I feel bad for him. No, you don't. And it was, it's, it's good. I really, it really is a good film. So I know that when uh, this movie was first being, you know, uh, all the previews were were released. The big push was, we're all going to go see this for the nostalgia factor. Right. And that's why we all wanted to go and see this nostalgia. We all love the Ghostbusters and they were hitting us all in the soft and gooey bits, you know, and, and not that not the naughty gooey bits, the soft gooey bits, you know. Uh, and so when we went and saw it, we were expecting just to have that nostalgia, you know, hey, it's it's fun. It's light. And you do have those moments. Yes, but... But that's not got, what the movie is. No, we got sucker punched. I mean, it, it's, it sets up so much, and it really... And I'm going to give a little few spoilers out at this point. Because at I this point, it's, it's fine. I think it's fine at this point, but um, Spangler doesn't make it. I know that comes as a surprise to a lot of you since Spangler is not with us any longer, but Spangler doesn't make it. Hashtag Spangler's a goner. And, at, and when you're watching this, it really hits home because um, Jason Reitman is the son of Ivan Reitman, who did the original Ghostbusters. Ivan Reitman suits up for this film, and he plays Harold Ramis's parts. 
So in the special effects and everything, everyone was wondering who's who's standing in for Harold. It's Ivan. So you hear these little these 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 moments that come through, especially when they're making the film and they're revisiting. Bill Murray is like, these kids got it easy. Their packs are light. Our packs had actual car batteries in them. I mean, there there was a lot of love and and feels all around this set. Even at the end, they they did a they, there's two um, post credit scenes. One is a cut scene from the original Ghostbusters. This wasn't a reshoot or anything like this. This was a cut scene that never made the film. And I've seen it before, but now it brings on an entirely different context in how they they present this moment. And then there's another one where it's Ernie as Winston sitting with um, Janine, and they're talking about their roles as Ghostbusters. And they're like, you know... Of course, Ray is the heart of the Ghostbusters. Egon was the brain. Binkman made us cool. And, and then I was the one that always was prepared. And, you know, he wasn't going to let the chance go. So there's some really good moments. We get to see the Ecto in an entirely new light. Um, and I know it's a rehash of the Gozer story. And they act kind of like the second film didn't happen, but it doesn't fit with the story because... It's not integral to Gozer, and that's why we don't really touch on the second film. There's touches on it, especially with Ray's bookstore, um, the proverb on his on Revelations, the tattoo. Evidently, some of the Ghostbusters are getting the actual tattoo. They found the script, and they're going to get the Revelations script tattooed on their arms, just like Ray now. Yeah. Papa Aqua does it. We have to do it, too. <laughs> um, duh. But, I mean, it's, it's really good, and it, it's... And Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd. He's perfect. We get to see the little twisted marshmallow man, which worked out brilliantly. I I really I really liked this movie. I really did. And it's not even my my fact that I'm a Ghostbuster or a fan of the films. This is this is a good this is a good movie. This is Reitman Reitman's um, wheelhouse. In fact, if you've watched the commercial with the snowman and the little girl that was shot on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. That's Reitman. That, that's Jason Reitman's commercial. So, I mean, the man just knows how to just, just make you cry, man. Just, ah. But, yeah, Spangler, Spangler doesn't make it. Sorry, guys. I hate, to, I hate to break that to you. I mean, honestly, I feel like if you like this movie, because, like, I like the movie, but if you like the movie, it says something because Ghostbusters are so important to you. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's a very integrated part of the nerd culture and where I was when I saw this in the theater. Yes, that's right. I saw this in the theater, and it wasn't just just a wee young little fledgling. I was, you know. And by this, he means the original Ghostbuster movie. The original Ghostbusters. I'm, you know, we. I don't think I was alive. (laughs) I'm sure you weren't, Jake. Oh, he was still no, just a twinkle in an ovary. But I mean, it was it, it, it Jace right when it hit, and when you think about the '80s and the impact. I mean, you've got Ghostbusters, you've got Back to the Future, you've got I mean this this great run of films in the '80s that just that just resonate, and each one has its own impact on the different nerd culture. So absolutely. 
Jason take what his father built and what Ackroyd built and what Harold built and to, to elevate it back into even a stronger sense, it's it's touching. I mean, and he dedicates this to his dad. He, he said this one was for you. When we went to the Ghostbusters anniversary on Sony's lot uh, for Ghostbusters 35, Jason flat right out said, Dad, this is for you. We're doing this. I'm doing this for you. And there's a talk about making a sequel to this film. So the film is killing it. And it's not just because there's nothing else out. But I think it's more than I think. Okay, so when we're doing the screening, we have families. I see guys my age and older bringing their kids, their grandkids to to see this film. And it, it dominated, it destroyed, and people came back. I saw people all three nights that we were at the Alamo hosting. I saw the same group of people each time. So it, it wasn't just the once and they were done. They came back and they continued to. The, the, the final scene, the post-credit scene, is the containment unit with a red blinking light. And this is the, the firehouse in New York. So there is a very good chance that we will see a sequel. And the way Jason wrote this and ended it, it, it really does look like a sequel. Ackroyd has said that he wants to keep the franchise going where they kind of appear in the ongoing films until they just physically are unable to. It's all so, about the cameos for them at this point. It really is. And, I mean, Bill Murray is Bill Murray. Um, he's... I know it means the film means a lot to him, especially after Harold passed and the situation with them. Also, Bill Murray is very cantankerous in how he works. He shows up when he shows up, but he's always prepared. So it's it's delicate in 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 Bill Murray. Will he show? Will he not show? If he says he does, he will. So, and of course, Ernie's going to be there. Ernie is not going to miss out because he's been the one, you know, champion through the good and the bad times for Ghostbusters. So I don't see Ernie, especially with his role in this film, going away anytime soon. Well, and Aykroyd's been saying that for a decade at this point, that he wants he wants the Ghostbusters to live on. And, and he it, wants the new generation to exist. And it will. I mean, you got Ghost Core, which is a firm foothold not only for the films, but it's also for the franchises like us, who, you know, get our stuff through. We, we get our information through. Ghost Court is very vital in our lifeline as a franchise. So I don't see this, this going away. And now that it's, now that Jason has his hands on it, I don't think he's going to let it go. I mean, I think he had too much fun with this. I really do. And it is, it is fun. I mean, there's some shit in there that I'm like, that's just wrong. There's this scene with the marshmallow men and it is, <laughs> but it cracks me up it's great so and this I is why you've seen it so many times i have i've seen it three times twice with the team once by myself i couldn't get a date I, it, it was really weird no one wanted to go see it with me so i went by myself you didn't ask either of us well it was just in a weird time and i you know, yeah yeah whatever I, excuses excuses <laughs> And, and Tank, by the way, we did our toy drive where we were all dressed as Ghostbusters. Ryan Yates said to say hello. 
He said he he sang your praises. Oh, I haven't seen Ryan in a couple of years. That's good to hear. Yeah. He's his his little ones are grown, and now he's got new little ones. So it's nice. I say yeah, God, it's older ones are teenagers at this point. Yep. So Yakes and I talked about getting the band back together, and he brought you up, and he sang your praises, and he was glad to see you doing well. Uh, speaking of singing the praises of Tank, uh, Mom popped on and says, it's good to see you laugh, Tank. She loves her baby boy. Uh, Tank will always be my mother's baby boy. Uh, it doesn't matter. He is married into the family and Mom's favorite other than my other in-law, who is also you know, married into the family. Mom's two favorite children. Married in. Very nice. So, yeah, my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law are mom's two favorite kids. Uh, but she does say hi to you too, Smurf. Oh, I'll tell her hello. Um, so the film is, is worth it. It continues the, the lineage. We don't worry about the, the, the Saturday Night Live skit that we call a Ghostbusters film. Uh, Ghostbusters 2 is, is lightly hinted on. But it does it does skip over the video game stuff. So if you're a stickler about the video game actually being the third sequel, it may or may not work. They still hint the franchises, but um, it it all works. It works out in the end. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to another long-awaited sequel, and that was uh, the Matrix movie. I think they got some inception to my matrix this time. Um, so we watched it at home because it was on HBO Max, and I only yeah. fell asleep during it three times. <laughs> I didn't fall asleep. I wish I could have. But the part that surprised me, and the reason that parts of it surprised you, watching was Jonathan Groff as. Agent Smith. Okay, the part- somehow that captured my attention because of his, his just his weird little things that you you hinted at that you kind of saw that Hugo Weaving performance in a completely different body, and I'm like, that is actually impressive that he was able to make me feel that way. Okay, he okay. was the best part of Matrix. Oh yeah, by far. I'm my my biggest takeaway from the Matrix movie was. And you can ask my my new fiance about this. Um, yeah, that's not going to get old anytime soon. And I like to show off the ring to everybody. Um, is I, I was like, Jonathan Groff and Neil Patrick Harris were on screen together, and there was no singing or dancing. And it was still entertaining. Uh, okay, I won't go that far. No, them together was entertaining. Them together was. Neil Patrick Harris is a goofball. Oh yeah, played up. I I freaking love him. I've gotten to meet him. He's fabulous. I love when he does magic. His over the top zany analyst just called back to the the old B movie villains so perfectly in some ways. Yeah, but but seriously, my my biggest takeaway from this entire movie was you have these two theater icons on screen, and all they're doing is just 
I was so disappointed. Honestly, I I wish they would have sang. I wish they would have done something. Neil Patrick Harris as a villain is lame. It's stupid. It's a waste of the man's talent. That was, was the whole point was, of Doctor Horrible. It was, I know, but I don't need my Doctor Horrible in my Matrix. Absolutely. No, this is horrible. This is a bad idea. This is the generic cereal that you get at King Supers. This is god awful. Why? It didn't even have Why? marshmallows. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris is a marshmallow. And I got no rainbow out of it. I was really pissed off, okay? It just, <laughs> just, just didn't work. You know what? And the, you know what the depressing part is? What? The reason it didn't work was a hundred percent because the storyline sucked. The yes. actors didn't do a bad job. No. no. The actors were fine. They played their parts well. I'd say across the board. I don't really had any glaring issues with the acting. It was the story was so pointless and derivative. It was like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Uh, uh, we have a, a viewer who just said a song and dance act would have made it not as terrible. Agreed. I, re- uh, I really, yeah. I think um, it would have been great if Neo was tied to a chair and the two of them like danced around him and sang him a happy song. That oh, would have been. And and just to see Deja Vu like transform into um, the Mandalorian, just 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 for the sake of it, because I love the Mandalorian. I was excited to see him. The rehash of the fight was okay, but that would have been hilarious to me. The Mandalorian was Deja Vu. He transformed and he played the spoons while the other two sang to Neo. That, that would have been, been funny. See, I. Any of these things would have made it better. Yes. See, and and, and uh, Matt, who is the one who said the song and dance act would have made it not as terrible, doesn't even like musical theater. So that's a big thing coming from him. You know, I, I honestly was expecting some kind of Tony's Awards demonstration at some point. Because Especially you're in the with those two. It was just... Uh, Bleh. Big, it was yeah. It really was. And I know and I know that like everyone's like, well it it, it preaches against um, capitalism, which you're wrong. I hate to break that to you, but you missed that point. It's not about capitalism. It's about loss and the environment that people are in now. You're afraid to lose what you have, but you want everything else. It's not about capitalism being bad, it's about fear and control. <laughs> Just what the main always been about. I really hate to break that to you guys. That's the meaning. Yeah, it's the brains and vets. It's yes. existential crisis. I've seen these threads, yeah. and it's driving me nuts. Like, capitalism is bad. No, capitalism gives you a job so you can eat. All right. We, we have a suggestion. Um, Agent Smith should have, and Neil Patrick Harris uh, should have sung You'll Be Back to Neo. Agreed. Since they figured that, you know, he was going to choose to go back and, and plug himself back in, you know, it would have been perfect. Yeah, the, it was it was a very boring movie. Yeah, like I said, fell asleep a couple of times. The only thing that kept me engaged was the small, brilliant acting parts. Yeah, Jonathan Groff. Something happened because of the acting. What my biggest gripe and this movie really missed a lot of marks is um, 
I don't know how many boxes we were trying to check, but all of them evidently needed to be checked. Um, and nobody died. Not a single freaking character died. You're playing for all the marbles. The big, the big enchilada. Not a single fucker died. What the hell? It's Even surprised. I that one. Uh, yeah, you know, I figured there should have, there would have been a couple. Like I figured Jada would have been iced. I figured you know no. one of the five side characters that wasn't you know integral to the story would have lost it. No, I guess technically. Morpheus is technically dead. Well, the closest thing we get to death is computer programs that get turned off. But yeah, but then they come back. Right. Evidently, that's short-lived because everybody was back and nobody, even Smith, he was in a better body, didn't want to go under the leash and still came back and kicked everybody's ass and didn't die. Morpheus died of natural causes. But his program lives on in little magnetic dots. And that's and, the thing, he died before the movie started. Yes. So, so I mean, we didn't even lose him. We already lost him. Natural causes. Yeah, everybody else that was there, like Switch and Tank and all that, they're, they're just dead because it's been 60 years, apparently. Yeah. 60 years. You know, shit starts falling off. Things start failing. My liver would probably outlive all of them, but that is besides the point. <laughs> I That's just, only because I, you I, keep I, it so well preserved with all of the Boozamahal. I, I legitimately thought Jada was going to die. I honestly thought she was too. I thought she was going to try and like bring in the cavalry, show how badass she was, save Neo's ass again. Nope. She stayed in the cave. The entire time. Bitching and moaning and I don't want to do that because I'm old and, and I don't do that. What a glaring misuse of Christina Ricci. Yeah. That. Huh? Like, she didn't have any impact on it. At no. All. no. Um, so uh, another uh, take on it is uh, Groff's take of calling Neo Tom was great. Oh, I love that. I loved that. Tr- trying to demean him just, you know. Even more. Even more. Tw- giving one Mr. Anderson and then the rest of the time, Tom. Hey, Tom. Yeah, Christina yeah. Ricci was in the movie. That's how important her character was. Yeah, most people don't realize that. I didn't even at first. I didn't even notice it, but I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Like, oh yeah, that was pointless. Yep, she was there for I'm all of like all. I think like three minutes on screen. It's She's still a problem. Her head has gotten larger, I think, or her neck has gotten smaller. I don't know which. Her head's probably gotten larger. I think her body's been the same since she was like Wednesday. So yeah, could be. <laughs> yes, since Wednesday. <laughs> what else we got, Bobby? All right. Uh, so other things going on in the movies: Spider-Man, uh, Far from Home, Never Coming Home, Return from Home. What the fuck was this one called? No Way Home. I don't know. They they all have names that are so similar. I can't keep them all straight. There was so much brilliance in this movie that unfortunately got lost in weird plot holes. That's my the the issue that I end up coming out of it is the same issue I'm guessing most people have, and it's you have these weird cliffs that the story just falls off at certain parts. 
but it made me like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. So that's interesting. Spider-Man. He was a good, he was, a, well, I'm saying, I liked him as Spider-Man 4. He made me like him as Peter Parker. Okay. I and didn't believe him as Peter Parker in the, the first two movies he was in. Right. This, I totally believe it. I get it. He's Peter Parker. He, he's the, the darker version of Peter Parker, but he's Peter Parker. Uh-huh. And, God. They did a great job with the Goblin finally, you know, making him look like the Goblin from the comic books. I did like William Defoe suiting up and 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 doing all of the stunts, all of the work, doing a very impressive Goblin. Like you said, they they gave him the how they made him look like the Goblin with the hood. Oh yeah, that's the costuming alone on him was was so good. I really, I really, I really, it reminded me of um, when they reimagined him in the new suit and with, you know, like Humberto had uh, redone him a bit and it was, it was amazing the detail and just how sinister Goblin looked and Defoe carried it off without it, without a hitch. Oh, and crazy as hell, too. Like, he yeah. played the crazy part of Goblin perfectly. Defoe oh, is yeah, so talented. No doubt. I mean, Mom is, like, the biggest Spider-Man fan I have ever met, and that's including, like, the four- and five-year-olds I know who run around dressed like Spider-Man, you know, 360 days a year. Yeah, I feel called out. That's okay. No, I was looking to see what I had behind me. If I had a Spider-Man thing I could pull out. All I got is a Green Goblin behind me. All I've got is a Venom right here. Yeah, whereas I'm currently sitting behind, or with the uh, the Pokemon shelf behind me, with all of the crazy big fat Pikachus uh, that Mark has been collecting. But when Mom left this movie, she called all of us freaking out about it. We went and had dinner with her right after they left the theater. And she was just, oh, my God. They saw it the day um, that it came out or the day after it came out. And she was just, why do you you have to? Oh, my. And that was pretty much the conversation at dinner that night. You can ask Tank. I'm not exaggerating. Those were mom's full sentences. She volunteered to watch the kids so that me and Steph could go see it. He's got a goblin. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody doubts your commitment to your nerddom or your, your geekiness. Oh, and I, I loved the... Oh, while we're showing off stuff, you have to see the coolest thing that Tate got me for Christmas. Oh, wow. She-Ra, Princess of Power. With a sword. I like that. And this is one that doesn't have a giant wad of gum in her hair. Because the one that I previously had from my childhood does. Like, I still have the one with the giant wad of gum in her hair. But this is the one that sits on my shelf. Nice. I'm going to paint the sword. 
Well done, Tank. Well done. Yeah. He even so, got me the, the book that goes with it and everything. I'm... Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Tank did very good for Christmas this year. <laughs> he got me Shira. What I liked that Spider-Man did was it was all Peter Parker's. It wasn't yeah. any Miles. It wasn't any any other Spider-Verse. It was all Peter. And Toby, God love him, is, I don't know how, I, I don't know what rock they dug Toby out from underneath, but that poor guy is not looking well. I hope they give him some more work because I, I think he's in trouble. I'm just like, saying. Is, he's, what is he, 50 at this point? <laughs> I don't think he's that old. I don't think he's that old, but I think if, if he's not careful, he's going to end up on a milk carton soon. Might want to put those numbers together. Huh? 20 years ago is when Spider-Man came out. Yeah, hold on. I'm clicking on his button right now for for the uh, the IMDb. He's 46. Playing Spider-Man. He's 46. 46. That's pretty not. It's not 50. He's 46. Ralph Macchio is older and looks better. You're not wrong. Yeah, We will talk about that, too. Um, about that. But I think what Spider-Man did well was was kind of... It gave us closure on the other spiders. It, it helped us move forward. It helped our Spider-Man really leap forward with a Big. lot of stories. I mean... They, they, they tied. I mean, they could literally just walk away from this and just leave it where it's at, and it could be done. Yeah, they it's packed out. a lot of Spider-Man into this movie. They did. They tied a lot of it up. It's, it's, it's a fresh Spider-Man for the next one. I'm glad that bringing everybody back. I'm glad everybody signed for Spider-Man Four, um, and and that just makes me happy to hear. But. Wow, it, it is a lot to, a lot to, a lot to take. I'm wondering, and this this has definitely been in the news, and it's definitely been in the rumor bin. But I think we're legitimately going to be getting a third Andrew Garfield. You know what? I would I would like that because I I think what they did to his Spider Man was a disservice. We at least got some closure with Tobey Maguire. Um, as bad as Venom was, I, I, I was, we were done. I was spent, but I, I really think that they did Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man dirty. And I mean, they just left it with such a bad, like, Ooh, that is. And they left it open too with no, yeah. nothing, no closure at all. On no, the second I, movie. No. And then we get the closure now. I mean, I still wanted to see Paul Giamatti show up in the rhinos. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that was going to happen the whole time. I'm kind of disappointed it didn't, honestly. But I honestly think that we will see it because I think Tom Hardy's Venom is from Andrew's Andrew Garfield's Spider-Verse. I also believe that Morbius exists in that Spider-Verse because in that one they're calling Spider-Man a murderer. Yes. So I and think they hinted at Garfield having a very dark incident occurring in his life where he went too far. Well, and we don't know. I mean, he could be getting hung with Gwen Stacy's death because of how that ended. 
Um, and maybe he didn't go too far. He even talks about it in his, in the in the other Spider Man. Yeah. So there there is a chance. I wouldn't be upset to see him come back as Spider Man. I would not be upset. I think it'll be confusing for a lot of fans, but I would be happy to see it. Wouldn't well, it be smart for Sony, honestly, if they can, to a certain extent, disconnect, keep Tom in MCU Spider-Man, and then kind of develop their own thing outside of that, that's still live action, that's not just going to be the Miles Morales cartoon story. And that would give them a chance to kind of tell some more Spider-Man stuff and still have someone. So Andrew Garfield would still fit into that. Well, and I think in the MCU, we will see Venom come in just because of how they ended No Way Home. Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, I think we're outside of spoilers. There's a symbiote left behind by Tom Hardy's Venom in the bar in Jamaica or wherever they are. Wherever they are. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if the MCU does not bring in their their own version of Venom. And I'm sure Sony's working a deal with them on that. I hope we see Andrew's Spider-Man with Morbius. I, I cool. like that better because I'm not, I'm not really digging this Morbius movie, but I've never been a big fan of Morbius, so I don't, I don't care. That'd be a good way to kind of make you have some stakes in it, though, is to kind of link his story. Same with the Craven story, maybe. Yes. You know, have the Craven, the you know, have maybe have that storyline be part of Andrew Garfield's story. Maybe that's when he went too far. Is with maybe. Craven. Yeah, but Craven killed himself in the comics. It wasn't Spidey. No, but he also deals with that. You know, very difficult thing in very negative space after that story. That's true. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do. I'm very curious to see what moves they make. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things that could happen. But I think all in all we can say uh, Spider-Man was definitely uh, a very good MCU. Brought a lot of people back to the MCU. Yeah. And uh, Gave definitely better than their last movie in theaters. Second highest earning movie opening weekend ever. So, um, so now let's go ahead and turn to the smaller screen. Uh, we'll stick with the MCU and pop over to Hawkeye, which I know Tank was super excited about. Um, this was one of. His favorites to to hit the MCU Disney Plus, uh, other than um, uh, WandaVision, is what we had talked about. Yeah, this and it ended the way that it, I'm okay with it ending. That you're not quite sure what happened, and they gave us they gave us Kingpin, they gave us Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin. They gave us a glimpse of Daredevil showing up, which is catches really cool. Brick. Huh? No, I was thinking of Spider-Man where he catches a brick. Yeah. Um, uh, Matt, who is uh, from My Brother is an Idiot podcast, who guested with us one night, 
was in firm agreement with Tank about how much he loved Hawkeye as a fellow nerd dad. And that's, I think that's what got me is that it was so down to earth and it was, it was a Christmas story all the way through, even with the background of everything that happened, it was a Christmas story. It was home for the holidays based in the Marvel universe. They give you some diehard, they give you some, you know, Christmas vacation shenanigans. They give you all those weird little Christmas stories that we love, but then they just kind of connected the Marvel universe to it. And then they gave, they gave the new Black Widow agency. They gave Echo agency to where their stories will now continue in a way that is seemingly interesting. You know, they, the way they ended the sixth episode, which is, you know, the, the Sopranos exit. We don't know what happens, but if you follow the comic books or have at any point, you kind of have an idea they probably didn't sign D'Onofrio on to make two appearances and that's it. Mm-hmm. So something very specific happens to Kingpin and that creates a whole new storyline with Kingpin. And I think they did a good job, honestly. They did a good job of telling you a story that was a lot more down to earth. I did not enjoy the Black Widow movie. I, I thought it was kind of bleh. Um, but watching the Black Widow character, what was it, Elena? Yeah, Elena. Um, in Hawkeye, I liked her a lot more in this than I did in the movie. She was fun, actually, in this series. You know? Like, I liked her a lot more here than I did in the, in the film. And she beat his ass on that skating <laughs> You know? Like, I liked her interactions a lot with Kate Bishop. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. I mean, that kind of gives you an interesting future plot to play with, too, is there's a new Hawkeye and a new Black Widow. And they know each other pretty well after a very short time together. All right, Smurf, you have a face. Yep. What's up? I just, it wasn't Hawkeye, it was the Kate Bishop show. And it was disappointing. There was so much filler. There was so much sitting around tables and talking. There was, there was walking through halls and talking. There was, there was icing wounds and talking. There was, God awful amounts of talking. It's just, I mean, I know it's based off of Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, and it's fine. There are some very interesting angles, and I was on board up to issue or up to episode three and four. But then you have six episodes. Episode like four was just filler, and they they wasted the swordsman. Um, they they completely just punked the kingpin. I know you hit him with a car. But come on, this is the kingpin. You're telling me he's going to trash Daredevil in one of the best series of all time for Marvel. And Kate Bishop is going to take some of Kingpin's best hits and just get up? Bullshit. Bullshit. He beat the shit out of her. He did beat the shit out of her. he, He punched her and she flew through a fucking wall. 
and just uh, and gets back up. Damn, it's just got a bomb off in his face. Several, actually. Several bombs. You're telling me that Kate Bishop is going to shrug off one of his best punches? No! Do you really think it was one of his best punches, though? He was more like, get off me, little fly. Yeah, he he wasn't going to pull on her. He was shoe-flying her the whole time. So even a quarter strength, you're telling me a 20-year-old is going to take a punch from a guy who just got hit by a car and still gets up? Well, I mean, she was a fairly trained athlete, especially in combat. No, she was, she was a gymnast. No, no, she was a martial arts trained... She was a martial artist. There was a lot of judo and... So is Kingpin. Kingpin is a martial artist. Kingpin yeah. is trained in Kung Fu. He's a black belt. In fact, that was the whole thing with Echo, that he was there during her training because he was part of that family. He's part of the clan. So I just, there were just so many letdowns. I wanted more. I was expecting more. And I just, it was just, and I don't think they used Hawkeye. They really just, they just kind of clowned Hawkeye. It's the same thing we saw with Loki, that if we need a joke or a punchline, let's hit Loki. And I just, I was just having issues at the end of it where Hawkeye just could have been Hawkeye. We didn't really see a whole lot of Hawkeye. We saw him more as a gag. We saw him when he was punking the one guy in the backseat of the car. That was great. That was Hawkeye. Hawkeye is a very capable expert in the field. He, he, he's, he's more capable than anyone else in this series, and they just kind of clown him. It's just, I was, mm, I was just I having. Think, I think that was part of the story, though. I, I, that he's maybe, old now, that he has kind of run his course as this superhero and he needs to pass it on to somebody else. He wants to retire. I don't think he's ran his course, but maybe, I mean... I think that's what it was. We just ended Infinity uh, Endgame, what, within the last year, so he's still kind of in that shape. So, you're talking about a guy dressed as Ronin, taking out Yakuza and, like, badasses all around the globe, and getting beat up by LARPers. And, this and, is a six-year gap. Okay, so first off, it, it is the gap. Um, uh, yeah, Matt later. says Tank nailed it as far, far as that goes. Yeah, and, and you're right. This is six years later because this stupid fucking musical disgustingness exists. Right? Um, the Rogers, you know... That I'm not even going to talk about. We're, yeah. <laughs> that I'm not even bringing up. <laughs> okay. But um, the whole point isn't that he's not in the physical condition to do it. It's that he wants to not be doing it anymore. And that's, that's, that's fine. But we don't get that indication. They just make him out to look less capable than he is. And this is like an ongoing thing that Marvel is really starting to annoy me with. This isn't I, the first time we've seen it. Okay. And I'm hearing that this is going to be an ongoing trend. That's all. I think that what what we're seeing is less uh is is Marvel's shitty way of trying to retire the existing Avengers and replacing them with the newer younger ones. That's exactly what it is. Oh, he's yeah. retiring. And it's stupid. Well no, but he's retiring for a reason. He's retiring for his family. 
he wants out because he wants to be a dad. He wants to be a husband. He wants to go with his apparently ex and wife, Mockingbird, who is we find out is apparently a Mockingbird in this universe, and just be a dad now. He doesn't want to be Hawkeye anymore. He stepped away from it on purpose. That's what I got out of it. And they and Kingpin ate an arrow from Point Blank Range, so you can't say they completely punked him. He he had he had the armor underneath. He just knocked that thing off. Come on, well, he know. pulled it out. It went into his chest, and he armor shit out and threw it away. It's the mithril armor that Kingpin has underneath that horrible choice of attire. All of the Kingpin suits over the decades to choose from, and you choose that god awful. I love it. The random Hawaiian shirt under the white tux made me laugh because that that is stupid. But apparently, they didn't it's get true. him into costuming until the day that he was filming. So they kind of had just had to go with what was available, apparently, and probably what fit. Yeah. It happened in the comics. He does do it. It's fine. Just of all the things to choose from, I agree. That, that was God. Kind of rough, but yeah. And they, I, I, I like the fact that they how they ended it with Echo, though. That's kind of cool. How they, where she has now figured out more about what happened to her dad, and has found a new person to go after. And we'll see if they. I mean, she gets her own series. We'll see where they take it. Um, I, I'll be curious. I don't know what they're going to do. If we're going to see. Something similar to uh, the David Mack series when he was doing Daredevil with Echo or if we're going to see her kind of revert to the Ronin persona, which she was in the Avengers titles. So I'm, I'm very curious to see um, what they do. I'm uh, assuming what you said is how it's going to go. They're going to start with the Mack series and kind of get the Daredevil impact and then move her over into the Avengers Hopefully, that'd be we'll my see. guess. I'm just, I'm just sad with how <clears throat> I had better, I had higher expectations. That's all. I understand. You wanted a little bit more badass out of Hawkeye. Yes, I wanted Hawkeye to be Hawkeye. He came out pretty good on that ice skating rink at the end. Yeah, it was, it was he had fun. his moments. Let's like just say he had arrow. his moments. The split arrow shot was cool. Yes. The, the, he had to use the wood arrow, then the metal arrow, and split it and hit three people. That was pretty cool. That's fun. I also appreciated the, the LARPers. Well, one of those LARPers is a character in the comic books who... His story doesn't end well, so it'll nope. be interesting to see how they go with that. So. I don't think they're going to if he's going to be part of it or not. I will agree they punked out the swordsman, though, which Holy is crap. irritating as hell. That I feel like they didn't go into his story at all. They did. So they did. let's just pretend like we don't even know what's happening there, and they'll go into it later. He I'm shows hoping. up at a party with a sword on his hip. I mean, come on! Yeah, There's, I know. He's Hawkeye's mentor in the comics, and they just... They just Nancy him. They made him just a, a no. I had ah. Yeah, to me, he was the mis- most disappointing character because he was he was literally the punchline 
of just yes. this goofy dude who doesn't know what's going on, yeah. when in reality he's one of the best fighters in Marvel Universe when it comes to hand-to-hand combat. Yes. It's just... Uh, the choices that they continue to make, I'm... I'm uh, All right. Uh, All right, fellas. Let's move on to something else that that we can get angry about. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Wheel of Time has has reached its conclusion. <laughs> I'm going to go get a refill. You two talk about this because I, I, I have absolutely no opinion on this for the first time ever. And my glass is empty. Did you so watch it? Yes. And I'm just, I, you know what? Okay, here's my thought. And then you can expand <laughs> on this. Probably gonna be my thought too. Let's see. <laughs> I, I I I sat there after it ended. I turned off the TV. I shut off all the lights in the house, and I sat there in the dark. And I scratched my head and went, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Yeah, that's about it for about an hour. Okay. And now he needs more vodka. You are more of an expert on this than I am, so I would like to hear your opinion. Okay, so. I I have read the books. It has been a while. Uh, but I don't remember it being this convoluted. It, and especially the last couple of episodes, I got very... I had to rewind things a lot to make sure I was understanding what was going on. Because I felt like they tried to just smush everything together. And and I just... See, so that doesn't make me feel bad because I've never read the books. Okay. Um, I was confused by what the main plot of the story is by the end of the first series there. I don't fully understand what the point of about half of what happened is. Yeah, so... So I think that we can just say that Amazon's goal to create the next Game of Thrones has epically failed. So is it... Okay, because I haven't looked into this. Fans of the series... Has there been backlash on that side? Yeah, so most of the fans of the book series are not loving the TV show. Okay, so... Because um, it confused the shit out of me. So, like, uh, yeah. That's my response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, fans of the books um, are are not loving the, the TV series. It has already started filming season two, so we're at least going to get something. Okay, well, hopefully season two explains season one. I hope season two and season three explain season one, because I, I don't know what the fuck I was watching. Holy crap. No, I, I don't get it. I don't understand the, the story. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. Like, I, I get that there's a bunch of stories happening all at once. I'm fine with that. I can follow that usually if they kind of keep the stories in sync, but I don't understand. Yeah. At some point, they seem to have lost the thread, and I don't know what happens. Yeah. 
Well, in, in fairness, I've read the books and I don't exactly know what happened. Okay. We've, we've seen people move stories along faster than this. We've seen it in Game of Thrones. We've seen it in Dune. We've seen it in a lot of things. And they're just, my God, the first episode was just long and way more laborious than it needed to be. And I thought episode two was going to get better. And it did, but it still was dragging. And then three really dragged. And it's just like, fuck me. I, I don't have this kind of time. I can I can fear feel my arteries hardening watching this fuck no we know i mean even 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 the hobbit moved faster than this <laughs> even lord of the rings moved faster than this what the hell are they doing to this poor series that everybody loves why that's all i gotta ask why hashtag why <laughs> all right that. we are putting in hashtag why on my notes here i will say it, it picked up a little bit the pacing but you're, you're not wrong the first three episodes I was like holy shit it's Lord of the Rings again parts of it were <laughs> interesting but they picked it up a little bit but when they started picking up the story it started getting confusing <laughs> that was the problem it's like, I, mean, oh, I appreciate the quickening of pace but I don't understand what's happening now I mean even as much as okay and, and I know we're, we're going to get to it um, Witcher, first season, we jumped around in the timeline. Okay? Oh, yeah. Right, but there so does was, the book. Yes. There was significant jumpings backwards and forwards, different timelines, but at the end, it was a payoff. At the yeah. end, it all made sense. In fact, I think it was by episode four, we had figured out, okay, this is going on at different points in time, all moving towards something bigger, which we got as a payoff. Oh, yeah. There was no payoff. There was nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting, can I have some more, please? Oh. I don't understand what the hell I watched. I don't get it. I really don't. And my butt hurts from sitting so much watching this. That's, that's the worst part of it. I need comfier cushions, obviously. All right, well... Your Christmas present for me this year is not comfy or cushions, but uh, as a gift to you, we will start talking about The Witcher instead. Which, you know what? I was immensely pleased with. The swagger has returned, and it was worth the wait. I, I, said, I mean, what? That dude is too fucking much, man. I just, I love me some Witcher. I mean, that this show is just going to make it on just Henry Cavill's charm and swagger. Fuck the rocks, smolder. We've got Cavill swagger. All right, that is. There it is. Cam the swagger. Fuck the smolder. That is a man who dirties down good. Oh, outrageous! How much you're like okay. Then you're right, the swagger, it's the charm, it's the, oh. it's the attitude, it's the confidence. You're just like, fuck, dude, all dude, right. Dude, th- that moment, what was it, the the last episode, second to last episode, where he has the sword with Yennefer and the, and I'm just like, okay. I'm surprised he can even move in that, that suit, that if he, if he farts <laughs> or breathes wrong, that thing is just going to rip right off of him. 
I know. God bless the costume mistress of that show. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they got that hawk duct tape down because there's no way that it's... (laughs) Hashtag God bless leather. Because there's any way that he even got a partial stiffy. That thing's springing loose for damn sure. I don't think I've ever seen The Witcher run. I don't, now that you mention it. This is why he rides the horse while Yaskier has to walk. Yeah, he can't yeah, but see, he's got that. He he he. It does motion. He uses yeah. his whole see, body. See, he 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 moves quickly. He does. He it's, swaggers with speed. Swaggers with intent. Weird. Okay. See, I I had a weird thought when that was happening. The the swaggering thing. It made me think of even though he's a bad guy. It made me think of Gaston. <laughs> Like, because he's got that, just that overabundance of confidence that when he walks into a room, he knows that he's the baddest motherfucker there without even questioning it. And when I went into the beginning of this, the Witcher series, again, another, what, eight episodes? Mm -hmm. Sounds right. But they do a fair amount of storytelling and they expand on a lot of premises there's not a whole lot of jumping around, um, and I like it. I, re- I I honestly thought I was going to dislike it because it didn't really move like I wanted. But at the end of it, you're like, "All right, well, yeah, that was that was worth the that was worth the watch." That was a lot more. Yeah, linear. I I am ready for season three already. That yeah. that the last like fifteen seconds, <laughs> like I saw it coming. Oh yeah, you know what I noticed on those last that that last that final scene, right? The other two are sitting down, and he has to lean up against the wall because he can't sit in those pants. (laughs) They had him him, like lean up. They had like the clip and everything destroyed around him, but oddly enough, there was this little perch. Just enough. Yep. Perfectly lean his buttocks on Mm -hmm. because he could not sit down with the other two. No, it, it was down. He getting back up, and something's ripping. Yeah, the crotch <laughs> would rip out of that thing if he tried to sit down. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm pretty sure most of the watchers, the, okay the viewers that. of that show, would be completely fine if those pants happened to just, oops, fly off. What I did like is Boxer's uh, song this season. Um, it's a, it's an elevated. Uh, from the toss a coin, uh, toss a coin to the Witcher. It's it's mm-hmm. the it's the breakup song we have all sung in our car at the top of our lungs. Yeah, and it is it is glorious. And I just love the interactions between Yennefer and 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 Boxer. They, it was perfect. And I honestly was waiting for one of the others to kill one of each other. It was great. Yeah. It was I, I, I I love that. Good luck. Goodbye. Good riddance. No, it was, it was a fun story. It, yeah. it moved a little bit. You know, it, it didn't move at a huge pace, yeah. but it, 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 it was more linear than the first season. It, it was. I, I I very much enjoyed this season, and I like I said, I'm ready for the next season. Yeah, same here. It's some great reveals, and there was a, so much more expansion on um, the convergence, and there were elements pulled from the books and the games that I, I appreciated that they, they kind of threw it in there subtly, um, and we kind of get the Baba Yaga 
the story a bit with the house mm-hmm. with the legs, and I'm just like, okay, that's you know even more cooler. So I'm like, I'm I'm in. I liked it. I liked it more than I, I thought it was gonna suck, but it didn't. Thank God. Yeah, I, I appreciated the the little homages to the video game series that they kind of yeah. placed in there. Uh, we have a friend staying with us for uh, for a little while, and they're like, "Yeah, after watching that season, I want to go and out go out and get the game again." Oh yeah, so I, yeah. I want to play Witcher Three again just because. So you just want to do the naughty, dirty, naked stuff in that game again, don't you? No, the 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 high end adventure is my more of my milieu. <laughs> Dude, it's okay. I won't tell my sister. You can do the naughty, dirty stuff. <laughs> It's chill. Speaking of naughty, dirty stuff, let's talk about Cobra Kai. Absolutely. I haven't finished it yet, but my <laughs> God. I mean. I'm going to guess naughty, dirty so stuff good. doesn't happen in Cobra Kai. Oh, huh? my God. It's just so, it's just outrageously awful people that shouldn't exist. It's so fun to watch. It is. It is your favorite garbage fire, and it's entertaining as hell. Harry Silver is such a piece of shit. He is! I mean, there, there's not a redeemable character in this freaking show at all. I, I was just thinking of resurrect Pat Morita so we could bring in Mr. Miyagi and like, whoa, you all suck. And he kicks all their asses and shows them how it no, but Terry Silver somehow made me feel bad for John Cleese. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't understand that because he's a piece of shit. But the way that he just backstabbed the fuck out of that dude. <laughs> just, it was brutal. And I don't know if everyone likes this show because it just emphasizes, like, if you had the opportunity... To be this bad and get away with it, would you? Well, it, make, it makes me. It make, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me feel <laughs> weird in that way because it kind of does. You kind of see, I'm like, God, can you be that much of a bastard and still get what you want at the end? Good lord. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, I want to like slick my hair back all the way into a ponytail oh, yeah. and just oh, yeah. talk trash. To everybody. Oh yeah, I got the ponytail. It's not quite white enough yet, but <laughs> oh. so there is some interesting news that I have heard about Cobra Kai. Um that we've got uh what's her name from uh Karate Kid Four. Uh, I can't think of her name at the moment. Hillary Swank. Yeah, Hillary Swank. Yes, Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank will not be making an appearance as her character no. in Cobra Kai, but she's she going is to be interested in, in taking a role in Cobra Kai somewhere. Yeah. So they they're calling it the Miyagi verse, so that people who have interacted and have touched in Miyagi's life all should kind of, at some point, evolve into the show. As long as we don't, okay, I'm cool with Jackie Chan, as long as we don't get uh, Jaden Smith. So, Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith's Karate Kid does not exist 
in the Miyagi verse, so we will not get a Jackie Chan. I'm, I'm just saying, bring Jackie Chan not as Mr. Miyagi, just bring Jackie Chan into it because why the fuck not? Because he's well, Jackie Chan. Plot, I mean, because he's Jackie Chan. Because he's Jackie Chan, and he's got to micromanage and control all the aspects of anything he is involved in. That's why that's... he's shown up in the Marvel verse. True. There are rumors about him showing up for Shang Chi, the second installment, but there's so many things that Jackie Chan expects Ooh. because, well, he's Jackie fucking Chan. You, you you give him what he wants. You let him take control because he, he. You give him the bowl of green Skittles. You pretty much do, and and why wouldn't you? But, uh huh? If you're the mouse, you don't give control to any fucker. Uh huh? I own it. Kiss my tail. Not so, even to Bill Murray. Not even to Bill Murray. <laughs> the exact same way. And they said, so, oh, no, you're going to do this. Exactly this. And that's all. And that's all. <laughs> nope. But it's fun, though. It, it, I prefer the fun. fighting scenes in season three. But... They did a good job with the tournament in season four. They yeah. did a good job of kind of presenting the tournament in the last couple episodes that, that I really appreciated. And, you know, giving the redemption arc to Eli at this point, he's no longer Hawk, was pretty cool. It kind of reads like a bad Power Rangers series, doesn't it? In certain ways. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag bad Power Ranger. <laughs> yep, writing it down. <laughs> I don't, and I, I really like that they showed up at, you know, Miyagi's old house to talk shit. And and it there's just so many things that, that is so wrong but is so right about this about this series. I don't well, know. It, it does a really, really good job of playing off nostalgia. It does. And that, I, think I mean, that's, that's what it, got it off of YouTube in the first place. Well, and it, and it does it. it. It keeps you invested because it keeps tapping into the into its history. But it does it intelligently. It does it at the right points, and it does it in a way that it makes sense to their story. It does. It makes sense in the Miyagi-verse, which really raises an eyebrow because one of the biggest fans of Cobra Kai, oddly enough, is Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And uh, they've actually given a message. The the cast of Cobra Kai have like all said thank you to Andrew Garfield for being a fan. We love you. You're great. Uh, and there's talks that Andrew Garfield may make an appearance on Cobra Kai if Ralph Macho has any say in this. <laughs> what are they possibly going to have him do in that story? Deliver a newspaper. Does it matter? Does it matter? He's like a big man. He wouldn't care. Oh, my God. What they need to do, because that is a Sony production, they need to have him at a kid's birthday party as (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Tank, I love the way you think. Tank wins that one. That's perfect. All right. Oh I don't think we can say anything more about Cobra Kai. I think that that was like the the cherry on the top of that Sunday. Uh, so let's let let's go ahead and pop over to uh 
to Disney Plus and talk about Boba Fett. So cool, honestly, it, it is. Boba Fett is. I love what they're bringing out of their back catalog to this point. Like they, I don't want to say what happened in episode two because that's pretty cool. Well, first, first episode, we get a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. We get so many fillers. Yeah, lots of filler. Lots of fillers. And I'm 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 excited to see if we actually do get a Bomar monk. Um which is great. Which is which is this guy right here. Um I really want to see that guy actually show up in the show. But really what bothers me, and this is this is a question I wanted to ask you, Tank and Bobby. Why does Jabba's palace seem so empty? Even with Bib Fortuna still running the joint, where where is everybody? Dead, I'm assuming. But, I mean... It doesn't make sense. No, it's very empty. It's very empty. There should at least be, like, you know, the, the servants and the slave peoples, you know, tending to it. Well, my assumption is that once Jabba died, everyone fled. Like, they, that's the only thing I could get to. And then the ones that didn't are the very few people that are still existing in I mean I know a fair amount of everybody went up on the sail barge. Yeah, and but yeah, so the comment that we have from, from the sail barge though apparently. I was going to say the comment we have from uh from one of our our viewers right now is a lot of them died in the barge fires. But we still get Max Max Rebo somehow survived. Max Rebo survived. That was the one that I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> there he is. He's jamming. I was I was ecstatic. Max Rebo survived, everybody. Oh, oh, and, and the torture out. droid is still there. Torture droid's still there. Yeah. Which uh, is important. In stature. He's no longer torturing droids. But if you got a new guy in... Correct me if I'm wrong. You got a new guy in charge. You're buttering up the new guy and hanging out with him, making him feel good and riding on his coattails. So I'm surprised that there wasn't like a whole new crowd of butt kissers in there. Yes. You know? so, so where are the butt well, kissers? Well, apparently they're going with the idea of. Well, see, once again, that goes into the second series. They kind of explain what's happening in the second episode. And I think there may be a bigger picture here. Um, There's a lot of sub-stories going on, especially we get kind of hints of it with the Tusken Raiders from the first episode that we're we're getting all that stuff. I'm waiting for some Jawas to show up to whoop that ass. That's right. Fear the Jawa. Fuck the ninjas. Fear the Jawa. And I'm really waiting to see them kind of expand more on on Tatooine and, and all of that. So I, I, I and I can't, I can't wait talk, to talk about episode yeah, two. Yeah, we can't talk about the second episode yet. We, we, we promised no spoilers. That's, yeah. That is a, okay. second, the to, second episode does so much to open the universe for probably future storylines, I'm assuming. To distract you guys from spoiling episode two, uh, two of our viewers right now are actually the the idiot brothers from My Brother's an Idiot, 
uh, and they're they're kind of going back and forth on Twitch right now. Torture, torture Droid was still there. Torture Droid wasn't on the barge. Max Rebo is unstoppable. All caps. Uh, exclamation point. Max Rebo is unstoppable. Yeah. Well, and of course the torture droid wasn't on the sail barge. It was Bizzard torturing droids. Of course not. Come on. <laughs> so, so we have the the brother, the idiot brothers from my brother's an idiot. Uh, the the sports podcast who sometimes comes on and and joins us uh, because Max Rebo is made of flame and resistance. Well, I do love that they give the immediate payoff on how did Boba survive. Well, and they had to. Yeah. But then they hit it, like, immediately. Like, oh, no. No, he he gets his way out because that's what he's trained to do. Got fucked up. No doubt about it. But the the interesting thing is the stormtrooper that's hanging out in there. That's <laughs> made me laugh. stormtrooper that's there. You're like... Oh, hey, well, they're the guys that were looking for the droids. Yeah, uh, that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> so uh, we have, I miss Salacious Crumb, and I really hope Crumb comes back. Crumb is dead. Crumb's dead, I believe. Crumb's dead. <laughs> that little bastard could have got launched like a paratrooper. Well, yeah, maybe. Talking about the stormtrooper in the, the stomach, not Salacious Crumb. Yeah, that was that was. Sorry, so, very so many comments happening along the wall here. And I mean, to be fair, we're getting we're getting what we wanted because out of all the characters in Star Wars, and, and I, I I remember, okay, I remember going to the theater and seeing Empire Strikes Back, okay, and I am I am three rows from the screen, and I'm looking up at at what is going to become. A, a fascination for the remainder of my geek life of all of these bounty hunters. None of them spoke. None of them did shit. They just stand there and look pretty. And and, and Boba Fett, out of the blue, now is is immense. He's spectacular. We love him. And I want them to give him ample justice. And Favreau and Filoni are doing just that. It's yeah, they're, great. They're doing a good job so far. They are doing I just i i want i want them i want them to come out faster. I want us. I'm so excited about talking about episode two, just because of the which we will do next week. The the appearance, the sudden appearance of a very furry being was awesome. Which yep. we will talk about next week. Yes. Your helmet is shinier than mine. <laughs> Dirty. So dirty. And you know what was really odd for me? And maybe this was just me, but this seemed really tame for something that was directed by Rodriguez. Yeah, but they probably have guidelines for Rodriguez on this. Maybe? I don't know. I figured we would have seen a little bit more... We saw blood in a Star Wars movie, in a Star Wars thing. I did laugh today that I saw someone sent me a message, um... And and I saw it later posted around the net was I, I dare Disney to give Boba an R rating. I freaking dare the mouse because they're just like just do it. This would be so so perfect. Let them let them go. 
Let's take the chain off. This Let would be play. a good time to do it. I agree. Maybe we will get a... They have amped up the violence compared to other Star Wars productions, though. So, Well, it's kind of hard to be involved in the seedy underbelly of the <clears throat> Star Wars universe and not get a little dirty. Even yeah. in the video games. There's there's some there's some darkness there. Mm-hmm. But it, it's definitely worth a watch if you are a Star Wars fan. It's following in a similar vein, yet completely separate from the Mandalorian. Yeah. It's giving so, you a character and giving you a story that you didn't have before, but it's gonna be connected still. So my final fan theory, and then we can move off of Boba Fett. Um there was a trailer at the very end before Boba Fett launched that showed a particular female. My theory is about that, trash? that is that is Mara Jade. I think that that is Mara Jade because in the books she's left at Jabba's palace. She was there to kill Luke. Everything went sideways and she got stuck there. I think... Mara Jade is going to come out of this. I know Lucas hates her, but a lot of the fans love her, and she's like that one character that hasn't been kind of put in yet that could that could tip the scales. And it works with the timeline. If it's the same female that I'm thinking about, I actually have a different perspective. I think that is Dr. Afra. Oh. Which is another good solid possibility. Because of the comic book series. Yeah. And all of the hype around Dr. Afro. Well, and the character appearance in episode two has a connection to Dr. Afro. That's true. Well, we shall wait and see. Which, uh, by the way, if you've never read those books, it's uh, 2016. Um, and where they start doing the Dr. Afro stuff. Pretty cool. It's basically like Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Okay. I mean, it's pretty fun. Well, our, our viewers are saying that uh, Smurf knows that they won't give uh, this an R rating. Uh, just... I know. I can hope. <laughs> but one thing that we do thing. know has a, a solid R rating, and this is why you will not find it on the House of Mouse. And that is the boys. Season three has been delayed. We will not get, be getting it this month. I believe I'm not surprised with that. Oh, no, I'm not either. But it's disappointing. God, I've been wanting the boys. Boys and Umbrella Academy. Yep, both have been pushed back. Yep. Invincible is still coming out at the same time, right? I uh, have uh, not heard. No one has not been moved. I don't believe. Hasn't been moved, but but that's no one. We're not getting that till late spring, I thought. So, um, out of all of the shows coming back, that is probably the one that I, for year twenty twenty two, that is my one that I'm most anxious to see. The mm. boys, Umbrella Academy, have already set levels. I'm I'm expecting them to hit all all ten points. But out of all of them, I'm most excited to see what we get. Invincible is is where I'm most anxious to see. Invincible is going to be fantastic. Uh, again, we have the idiot brothers taunting one another uh, because uh, apparently the boys is the older idiots 
it's his boo, uh, to which he replies with, God's damn it. He's very upset that the boys has been delayed. It, do we call them Idiot 1 and Idiot 2? I don't, how, do we, how do we address the idiots? Uh, it is, uh, uh, their screen names on Twitch are Poffeltime and Poffelopagus. Okay. I like Idiot 1 and Idiot 2 to go with Dr. Seuss. So. That works for me. <laughs> yeah, it, King Goon and Goldagoon is what they go by when they, they uh, join us. Got it. I like that they go from Dr. Seuss to Battlestar Galactica. I appreciate that. Goldagoon um, is more um, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. But that's um, okay. I, I, I'm willing to wait for the boys. I really yeah. am. There's a lot of, there's a still, there's still a lot of catch up still. I'm still not caught up on Lock and Key. Uh, there's the new uh, animated that's based off of uh, the saltiest RPG game on the planet. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of other things you need to catch up on. Yeah. So, uh, but I believe that we have caught up on our list of things for this evening. Uh, I have a bunch of notes and hashtags and things that, uh, I think are, are fantastic. Uh, hashtag Spangler is a goner. Hashtag, uh, bad power rangers. You know, as well as, as a few others that you guys don't even realize the things that come out of your mouth end up being written on my list until after it gets posted. Yeah, when I see it come up, that's when I giggle. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, are there any other questions from the uh, the interwebs? Uh, basically just everybody saying, um, that whoever is not cut up on all of the various things that we talked about at this, up to this point, it's their own damn fault. They had plenty of time. In their defense, episode two of Boba Fett came out this morning. True. Well, I, I, I believe that they're discussing Spider-Man, Matrix, Ghostbusters, oh. Witcher, yeah, Wheel of Time, Hawkeye, and or Cobra Kai. No, we're out of sight. That's spoiler season on that. If you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. Too bad. Yeah. And on that poem show, we shall say goodnight. Find <laughs> us. Entertained you. Give us a like. Give us a share. We are the nerds that know. In the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night. Find us on all of the socials. We are the nerds that know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Instagram, Twitter, and all of the other things. See you next week.